devil whispered in my ear, you're not strong enough for this storm. I whispered in the devil's ear, I like your eggs. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and Ron. Yes, you're listening to Sick and Ron. The Sick and Ron, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. And I'm the other one, Kate Rambo. Kate Rambo. I've been uh, flying high on the Kana. On on the what? Been doing bumps Kana. of Kana all night. You ever heard of oh, that? Oh, Kana. 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 Yeah, Kana. It's also Kana. called Kagud. Chew good. It's a succulent plant from South Africa. What was it like? You know, I always kind of, I'm very, uh, I'm of the mindset of, if I can get a legal drug that will produce a similar effect to an illegal drug and I can order it online, I'll just try it. Why not? Because I'm curious. Like I read an article in Vice Magazine about this drug Kana, which is like the natural MDMA from, uh, from South Africa. Ugh. And so I read about it and I'm like, okay, this kind of seems very reminiscent to Kratom. You know Kratom? Sadly, yes. Yeah, Kratom from, uh, I think it's like Indonesia or something. But kana is a succulent plant from South Africa, and it's been used in South Africa for centuries by the Bushmen. I mean, it goes back to like as far as like prehistoric times when hunter hunter gatherer societies you know would roam the land. Yeah, and it's so- like the age then. There's age in South America, and this is like the age of. South what is South what Africa. is age? Is it the ayahuasca? Yeah, that's what William S. Burroughs went into the jungle looking for. Well, that's like for like a three day trip though. This stuff basically supposed to have like improves your energy level and your mood and reduces anxiety. It doesn't make you trip balls like that for like three days and see. Yeah. I want, I would rather have the age. I want the shadow people. I'm not going to go to like some shaman and for two days and do Iowa. It's like, I couldn't be, I don't give a shit, but I will try this to see if this has the same kind of, uh, you know, energy boosting effects as like blow. If I could do a, a bump of this stuff and it makes me feel similar to that and it's $20 and it's legal, I'll do it. You so the it. Latin name here is Scalicium tortuosum. And apparently it's, there's a, an actual drug called Zembrin that's the synthesized version of this that you can buy. And it's supposed to be an anti-anxiety. But this is the natural version of, uh, of Zembrin that comes from a plant and Bushmen used to just chew it. And it, it just found it reduced uh, anxiety. So it, so it improves mood, energy level, and enhances libido. So it's kind of oh. like a natural Viagra, apparently. They say it's the, a shaka uh, drug. The effects of kana can be compared to MDMA. However, MDMA has a different mechanism of action. MDMA causes the body to release more serotonin, while kana blocks the reuptake of serotonin. Oh, that's good, because the most annoying thing when you're on MDMA is how, how fucking happy you are. It's not the drug for me. I hate it. So I hate loving everything. This binds to serotonin vectors and temporarily inactivates them. Furthermore, Kana also acts on the cannabinoid receptors. So it's kind of a similar thing. Like, so 
cannabinoid, cannabinoid receptors take different cannabinoids to help the body balance its appetite, mood, sleep rhythm. But kana acts on these receptors, so it kind of enhances sedative and euphoric effects. So it kind of gives you this like warm, euphoric feeling, open attitude towards the world, increased speech, increased energy, but you're also kind of relaxed, more sensitivity to touch. Yeah, like more sensitivity to touch. So I read about this, and I'm like, I'm going to have to try to get some of this stuff. I want to try it. sounds like a great drug for me, a single man in my West Hollywood apartment, <laughs> all by myself to take. Well, you know, I remember listeners who listened to the show for a long time might recall when uh, I did Salvia. It was the same deal. Like, I read about Salvia, saw these videos. This is like probably, I don't know, 2007, I think. Yeah, it was about then. It, it was, was a trend, yeah. And so I read about Salvia, and I'm like, I got to check this out. It's legal. You can buy, you can buy it and, and you're supposed to smoke it. And I remember Wackerly was like, fuck no, I'm not doing that. Because I wanted to do it on the air and see what happened. And so I did do it on the air. But what ended up happening is uh, I only got some that was like, because you can get it in like different potencies. So I got like the 64X, like 64 times as potent as a regular dose. And uh, it was like the strongest I could find. And me and Big Jer just smoked some in a bong, which... I mean, salvia was done by the Native Americans for hundreds of years, and they put it in, like, tea, and they drink it, and then they kind of trip, and they have, like, euphoric effects from it or yeah. hallucinogenic I hate properties. It. hate it. It's one of the worst drugs I've ever taken. Oh, my taken. God. It was terrible. Did you smoke yeah. it, like, in a bong? Yeah, I smoked it in a bong, and... Um... It just, I'm, I don't do well on ketamine. I just get very like internally angry and I had the exact same experience on Salvia. I just I, like, I had to kick everyone out. People who uh, listen to the outtakes, you can hear about Kate Rambo losing her shit on ketamine and kicking everybody, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, you fucked She goes into a whole detail, a whole detail about the incident on uh, on the outtakes. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, Salvia didn't give me that kind of reaction, but Salvia just was like, I remember I took it, didn't feel anything. We took like two hits, took another two hits. And then Jer was like, I feel like like my body's kind of like jelly. Like I can't really get up. And I was like, I don't feel shit. I was like, this stuff is, is pointless. And so I just got up and I was like, I'm going to get some water. And as I was trying to walk to the kitchen, I felt like I was in like some kind of MC Escher type painting. Like I couldn't maneuver angles and I was walking all weird. And my sister thought it was hilarious because she didn't do any. And then, yeah, then I got some water. And for like, yeah, for about 15 minutes, I was like, everything was kind of disorientating. And I was just like, what the fuck? And then I got, I even had a bit of that feeling of like, I fuck myself. This is it. I'm going to feel like this forever. This is the one that I just put myself over the edge and I guess I'm fucked now. Like, have you ever had that when you're on a hallucinogenic where you're like, I guess I'm fucked no. now. I'm going to feel like this forever. It's obviously is just, it's a point where you're kind of like leading towards a whiteout. Yeah. Having a whitey. I've, even at my worst points on drugs, I've always just been like, I can talk myself down off the ledge. I've just been like, look, you're on a drug right now. You've just got to wait it out and you're going to be fine. Don't you worry. It's just, it's not a real skull on fire in front of you. It's just a rock. And then I go, oh, it's just a rock. And I carry Yeah, on. exactly. So that's, that's yeah. why, um, yeah, that's why that uh, I've, I've always been able to talk myself down and reason with myself in order to, you know, avoid a whiteout. But yeah, I remember, it's like you start feeling that way. Like, I'm, I guess I've fucked myself. I'm insane now. And so anyway, <laughs> I remember feeling like that. But Selfie lasts like 
20 minutes and then you just feel like kind of ass for fucking two hours um the weirdest thing about that incident though is uh my sister's friend um chris gay chris came over and he'd like oh i've done south bend many times it's such a great beautiful experience and we're like all right you could do the rest because i don't ever want to do this again he's like no i'll do a little bit we're like all right here here's the bong and then he goes into their bedroom and like separates himself because he wanted to be by himself while he did it. And we're like, whatever. As we're just watching TV, and this is probably a couple hours after me and Jared did it. Ten minutes later, we just hear this thrashing about things getting knocked over. and sm- This dude lost it. He was a big guy, kind of a big fatty. He just lost it. And like Jared goes in there and he pushes Jared to the side and starts running for the balcony. And we had to like tackle him and hold him. And he was crying. And my sister had to put like a warm compress on his head and like and hold him, like wrapped up in like a sleeping like a sleeping bag. That's never happened to me. It was ridiculous. I was just like, what the fuck? This is absurd. So anyway, yeah, that that's Salvi experience. I'd prefer to forget it. I'm not gonna do Salvi again. Kana, on the other hand. I just think it's funny when you read like these hipster like Vice magazine. There's like, oh yeah, I felt like I was doing natural MDMA. It was so uplifting, and I had this. I euphoria. bet you felt nothing. Barely anything, and I yeah. did a lot, and I did it like they say you can chew it and you can mix it in tea. You know, I pretty much just like straight up, right up the nose, doing lines of it. I did like three lines of it. I felt like a slightly, slightly elevated heart rate. Slightly. You know what happened to me this year? when I was away on my jollies. Um, this is a, a thing for everyone. You should always check your hotel room. Check all the drawers bef- in, when you go into a hotel room, because I did. Oh, I love and I found, drugs. I found drugs, but I found prescription drugs. And it was all like, it was like a fat lady's prescription. Like for what? It, she had like diarrhea medicine in there. She had <laughs> anti-nausea sickness and she had plasters. And I just got the impression that this was a fatty on a walking holiday but she'd left behind this precious little purse and uh, she'd left um, these like pep pills, which are supposed to suppress your appetite. But if you're somebody like me, who's oh, appetite like amphetamines. basically amphetamines. And yeah. And black like beauties or something. I was taking, I've, I've still got a few pills. left. Yeah. I, Cause I, I'm coveting them, but they were good. They're good. I was like, I'll I want to get pills. these just for yeah, myself. Amphetamines. I mean, what I usually do is I, Try to do a little research to find out what the pill is before oh, well, I take it. Well, that's it. what I did. Yeah, I went on Google, had a little look, took a half, felt really nice and bodily euphoric, not mentally. Uh, the only problem came like later on at nighttime when I was like, "Why the fuck can't I sleep?" Oh, I've yeah, taken four that, of those pills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you've just been on fucking black pep beauties. pills. I've been um, on pep pills. All it's so night. funny that they prescribe that in the UK. I don't think you could. I don't. Do they prescribe that for fatties here? Of course they will. They, they'll probably prescribe stronger stuff. These are quite mild. They were supposed to tinyly. Like judging, judging by the amount of diarrhea sachets she's had in there, her appetite is not being suppressed from anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be a lot of listeners that write in like, oh, you didn't get the right kind of kana. The kana that I had, like, I was tripping. I had strong effects. But this article I read here, it says, for many psychonauts, the stimulating effects of kana are used when going out as a way to get in a good mood. An alternative to drugs like cocaine or MDMA. It's natural, it's but it has strong effects. You know, I don't know. Maybe I just, maybe I didn't do enough. I mean, I did four lines, not huge rails, but like, you know, decent size, like an inch a piece. I did four. I, 
I do think the placebo effect, Burn. the human brain, can have a bigger effect than some drugs. And if you say to somebody, I'm going to give you this and it's going to produce these effects in you. I mean, it's well documented that the people will pretend that they're drunk when they're not fucking drunk I think because they it's want to feel yeah. an effect from it. So in your mind, you've, you've conditioned yourself to feel this effect, so you're going to, like, invent it, you know? But, yeah, I mean, you'll really feel it. Slightly elevated heart rate, rate slightly elevated heart rate, like a maybe kind of euphoric, like a little more energy, but that was about it. Like I wasn't definitely not, nowhere near what you'd feel on cocaine, or and definitely like a far cry from fucking MDMA. I Good, because like, I hate, I yeah, hate I that feeling like, on MDMA when you're like, like everything. I'm dancing with glow sticks or something. Oh yeah, um, I'm glad those days are behind me. Traditionally, condoms is often used with daga, which is what the Bushmen called cannabis, and they say that yeah. uh, the two plants go very well. They have a synergistic effect. So the San Bushmen from South Africa knew about the synergy between cannabis and kana. Well, that could make sense because if the kana is stopping your cannabis receptors and obviously the cannabinoid receptors in your brain, they're getting triggered by the cannabis. They're going to work in simpatico together, aren't they? You know, so you're I, probably, might, I might try that. Yeah, so you're not going to get any anxiety. So, you know, for people like your sister who smokes weed and gets anxiety, this would stop her feeling anxiety. I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to snow cap a bowl. I'm going to put a bunch of, con I'm going to con a cap a bowl. Con a cap a bowl is the yeah. newest thing, kids. See what happens. Con a cap a bowl. But yeah, like Kratom was the same deal. Like I read that Kratom could be like a stimulant. People said it like makes you more alert, more sociable. I got a bunch of Kratom, same deal. Barely felt anything. And I took like six. I think they're all bookkiss, to be honest. I think it's all bullshit. I think if, yeah. you, if you want a drug, it's got to be synthesized. It's got to be bad for you. You know, it's got to rot your liver. If you want, if you want to get high, you got to deal with that. You know, it's you got to be prepared to, to to deal with the side effects. You know, it's not like cocaine's not a natural drug. I understand that. It's a hell of a drug, though. Tell cocaine is a natural drug, kind of though. It does come from the coca plant. Sort of, but I mean, we're we're like cutting it with gasoline and taking yeah, out the cut the and we're just shit. enhancing it. But yeah, this is the good shit. Um, but people say. Strongest drug out there is Jesus. Jesus. You can get fucked up on the spirit of God. My Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I uh, came across an interview with um, a guy named Brandon Barthrop from the Red Letter Ministries in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He lives and runs his ministry out of a Christian crack house. Yeah. It sounded like the Fight Club house to me. Yeah, it was funny. When I came across this, uh, the Kana article in Vice, I saw this like as a link, Christian Crackhouse. I clicked on it, and then I started reading about this guy, Brandon Barthrop. And I think the reason it was like the keywords or the metadata was, uh, was similar is because he is a former drug addict. But then he started America's new religious craze, a church where worshipers pretend to get high feel like they're getting high. Like psychosomatically, they think they're high and they worship God in all of his drunken glory. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously, like you watch this, people go watch this documentary. It's a great documentary on Vice. And if you go to Red Letter, I think it's redlettermin.com, his site, you can click and you can watch the documentary from there. But it, you see these people like his congregants all sitting in this crack house 
like pretending, like acting like they're sniffing blow, but it's invisible blow and smoking weed and then saying that they're high. But I mean, they're also um, like sniffing like, like essential oils, like perfume oils. Yeah, frankincense. They're getting high off perfumes, which to be fair, some perfumes are very intoxicating. It's bizarre. He preaches every uh, every Sunday um, uh, to thousands of people on his on YouTube, in which he encourages followers to act drunk in order to commune with Jesus. It's what weird. Jesus wanted. It's weird. It's he wanted. But he's kind of he a cool drugs. guy. So I, yeah, I, wrote, I emailed him, and he was just like, "Yeah, I'm down." He kind of had this like I don't know, just very chill, like stoner kind of vibe to him. Like, he yeah, did. man, just getting high on Jesus didn't have the minnesota accent that i hoped he did have though i don't think everyone in minnesota has that i think that's more of a like a north dakota kind of thing it's well like it's in fargo minnesota thing. yeah that's in so minnesota Fargo's in north dakota no it's in minnesota in the in the uh teleseries and in the film fargo is in minnesota fargo is not fargo's in i mean they they're bored they neighbor each other but fargo is a we, city in uh, north dakota during the break during the break of this we are going to Google, and I am going to be oh so right, because they're in Minnesota. You can Fargo, look this up North right now. Dakota. But no, it's in Minnesota. In, in Why the, is Fargo in, in the Minnesota? It is in not. the telly show. It's, <laughs> they might be in Minnesota, but the fucking town of Fargo is in North Dakota. Believe me, I'm American. I know this shit. Um, anyway, he's from Minneapolis. So that's like. Yeah. Fargo, self. Minneapolis is where the movie and the telly show is set. Thank there you. is no Fargo, Minneapolis. No, but that's where the film and the TV show is set, and that's why I get the accent, eh? We're in Fargo and Minneapolis. Is that where the... Yeah. So they're, they're set in probably both the cities, but it's I don't think they're Mi- separate cities. But we yes, there are this. people who do talk like that up there. <laughs> but not everybody... Not everybody from Minnesota talks like that. And this guy, I would say... Yeah, he had he's kind of cute. more of a stoner, a stoner type, uh, yeah, he's like, quite uh, a cute inflection, thing. like a stoner type tone. But he was yeah. super cool, and uh, it was great that he took the time to chat with us about the drunken glory of God. So uh, let's let's uh, play the interview here with Brandon Barthrop from Red Letter Ministries. <laughs> Brandon, how's it going, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. I came across an article. I'm not quite sure. It's either in. I think it was actually a documentary advice about uh, about your congregation. It's the first question on, that I have for you: Is uh, what is a Christian crack house? Same. Uh, we live <laughs> in a Pookie Duke's old crack house. He's an OG crip from Southside Chicago. Number one cocaine distributor in North Minneapolis, which is the biggest ghetto uh, north of Milwaukee in the Midwest. Oh, wow. And so this place was on auction for a penny. Uh, it was oh, all boarded wow. up, <laughs> surrounded by 36 organized gangs. <laughs> and we picked it up in the ghetto and we just remodeled it and we live in the new crack house. That wow. reminds me of Fight Club. It's like the house in Fight Club that they all live in. There was blood in the basement from the murder that happened that, that boarded it up. Uh, it was a really nasty. There was deadbolts on the inside of all the closets for the kids to hide from the drug addicts and stuff. Oh, man. So, so how, it's do real you, wholesome. Yeah, do you get on well with the wholesome. neighbors? 
<laughs> yeah, the yeah, neighbors. The, the neighbor, we have some, uh, you know, we're surrounded by crack houses. We're in the ghetto. But um, we had some good neighbors, too. Uh, I got to know the good ones and the bad ones. Been there 12 years. Wow. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. So is, is this where you and your congregation experience the, uh, the drunken glory of God? Yeah, we got a studio built out of the crack house. Been broadcasting for 13 years there. Uh, almost on a daily basis. And yeah, we just get completely blasted on the Holy Ghost. It's Pentecostal drunken glory. It's, it's, <laughs> what, what is the drunken glory movement? Is that, is, so is that something you created or is that a thing that, that, that I existed? think it goes all the way back to Acts chapter 2. It says in the Bible that when Pentecost came, they were all in one accord and the Holy Ghost came upon them and the men accused them of being drunk and they said, we're not drunk as you suppose. Acts 2.13, these men have had too much to drink. So the encounter of God in the Bible actually looks like you're high and drunk. <laughs> but they could have been. Did they drink a lot of mead or whatever it is that they that wine? <laughs> Jesus made a lot of wine, you know? Yeah, he turned water into wine, but it was yeah. 9 o'clock in the morning. That's what they said. So it's like, guys, it's even too early for us to normally drink. Hey, it's always 5 o'clock <laughs> yeah. somewhere, It's 5 o'clock where I am right now. Yeah, it's 5 <laughs> o'clock somewhere. So yeah. in the dock, I noticed you, um, I mean, sure, I, I can understand getting drunk on, on Jesus or on the glory of God. But in the dock, you actually snort frankincense and it's uh, yeah. something that you have called diamond or you made called diamond oil what what what's what is up with that like yeah it's a monatomic gold i was into like health supplements back then and stuff that makes you feel good in your body you know it's kind of like uh, vitamins basically um you know i i'm a perfumer too i have a perfuming company bb luxury perfumes and so i mean i get intoxicated on fragrances and colognes and perfumes every single day frankincense is one of the greatest hits I just absolutely, it intoxicates the senses. It's kind of like the whole point of perfuming is it's an euphoric experience. Wow, How do you do it? Do you snuff it? Do you smoke it? Do you drink it? Yeah, you just, you just have a sense of smell and it smells so good that you're just, oh man, that smells really nice. <laughs> so I, I believe the natural is also spiritual. I don't think there's a huge a differential between the two that the, the natural experiences are also spiritual experiences. So smelling is a spiritual experience. So are most of the members of uh, your ministry, your ministry is called Red Letter Ministry, right? Yeah. So are most of the members, were they former drug addicts? Yeah, there's a good majority of them. It gives people a grid for that constant intoxication. Song of Solomon 5.1 says, be drunk with love. So it gives you a grid for practicing the presence of the Holy Spirit strong enough where you're physically intoxicated. People that aren't former drug addicts don't know how to live continuously high. So it's kind of like, you know, it gives people a grid of how to stay and maintain the high of the Holy Ghost. So have a lot of the, uh, I guess, the parishioners or congregants, have they gone through like a rehab program and then they come to the church or is the church itself like a rehab program for them? We've had a little bit of both. I've had heroin dealers live in my house fresh off of heroin for six months having to lock them in a room for two weeks. Um, so we've had both. And it's a lot easier if they're already re rehabilitated before they come in. <laughs> of course. How long do, they, do most people typically stay? Um, sometimes forever, you know, I just become friends and it's just friends for life. 
Um, it's like a commune in a way as well. Yeah, and it's on. It's an online community mostly. You know, it's like mm-hmm. a, a, just a giant Reddit of the drunken glory. We have a, our Facebook group has almost five thousand people in it, and there's hundreds of people interacting every single day. So it's a it's a global movement. As yeah, a community, so do okay. Explain the concept of toking the ghost. Is that like toking mm-hmm. the Holy Ghost? Yeah, a lot better than token the unholy ghost. <laughs> in uh, Genesis, it said God breathed into Adam's nostrils and he became a living soul. So I believe the literal breath of life in Hebrew, Ruach HaKadosh, I got it tattooed on my knuckles, is the Holy Spirit. The very breath that humans breathe is sacred. That's what gives us life and animates our brains on earth. Oh, all right. And so I guess, I don't know if it's in the documentary <laughs> or if I read it, so that some of the... Uh, the members would smoke like invisible marijuana, like invisible oh, weed. Yeah. Is it like they would Jehovah take a hit Lana, off of man. it? Jehovah is a cash that, that's never stashed, a stash that's never cashed. Jehovah Wana is literally <laughs> faith in the substance of the of the Holy Spirit. You know, Je- Jehovah is one of the names for God in the Bible. Jehovah Wana is the intoxication of the Holy Spirit, and it's totally real for us. I mean. I, I believe the breath of life, if you just mix it with faith, it actually creates a different atmosphere in the mind. It's all faith-based. It's like children playing make-believe in tea time. It's real to them. They're experiencing something in their minds. And I believe in the imagination. I believe in the creative gen- genius and that the human being has the ability to create their own atmosphere and live in their, their own realms in their own mind. And I don't think that's a negative thing. I don't think it's delusional. I think it can be very positive if it's used constructively for the soul. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a hell of a pastime. Of so, <laughs> do, do you um, drug test everybody? Because how do you know that they're literally on the drunk, you know, the high on the drunk of God, or if they just, you know, smoke a little weed and outside? Well, you, or... Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit, and fruit was a reference to the wine. If they're not loving, if they're not peaceful, if they're not joyful, and um, and if it's destructive behavior, it's very obvious if people are on drugs versus the Holy Spirit. Um, it's like night and day difference. And so have, have you had to kick out people yeah. before who are sneaking? Yeah, we kicked out two people yesterday. I mean, uh, people um, become destructive and hurtful to the community, and you have to protect people from destructive people. And that's uh, part of shepherding souls is uh, you don't let the wolves in to eat the sheep. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so uh, before you started your ministry, you had a history of drug use, right? Yeah, I was a very severe drug addict. I'd done over a thousand hits of acid before I was 18. I'm almost 40 now, so it was 21 years ago. But um, yeah, meth, crack, I mean, anything I get my hands on. Um, I was almost brain dead at 18 when they court ordered me to rehab. And then I had an encounter with God. It was a Minnesota Teen Challenge. And I'm sitting in the sanctuary, did not believe in God, had no prior experience with Christianity. And all of a sudden, I feel like this eggshell crack over my soul, and tears started to stream out of my eyes. I couldn't open my eyes because everything was so bright. I was paralyzed. Four pastors saw me just melting down in the sanctuary. They carried me hand and foot into this little room, and they began driving demons out of me. And it felt like 10,000 watts of electricity surging through my body. At that moment, I'm physically higher than I'd ever been before. 
and I go into this area after they've cast all these spirits out of me, and I hear the audible voice of God over my head saying, I will make you more high than all the drug addicts, and I'll make them jealous of how high I get you. And that was my first encounter with God. Whoa. So, okay, wait, hold on one second. Did you have an, did they do an exorcism on you? Yeah, like, for like two and a half hours. And that wasn't the, the only one for about three months. Every other day for up to two hours, they were driving de demons out of me. They have pictures at Minnesota Teen Challenge with horns physically coming out of my head during the exorcisms because I was so demon possessed. I was hardcore in the occult and uh, Anton LaVey's satanic Bible, witchcraft, anything I can get my hands on. I, I was a very spiritual person, but I was doing it in the darkness instead of the light. And so... Did you like listen to intense. Slayer and then all of a sudden now it's like all like gospel <laughs> yeah, music? Cannibal, cannibal Corpse. Yeah, there was a pretty uh, intense transformation. They only let us listen to Christian music, but I'd honestly sneak in some techno and trance on my little miniature radio at night. But do they make music? Yeah, Christian like, yeah, trance. Can, yeah, can you yeah, like listen you, to you anything know, I mean, you want now or do you have your own hymns? Oh, no, I, I, I like um, secular music mostly. I listen to rock and roll and trance. I do like some Christian music. I'm honestly into like every kind of music that's positive and encouraging for my soul. And I still even get in some of that death metal. I like, uh, you know, even black metal sometimes because yeah. I, I, that's it's pretty dark. Though. I'm so I'm so cleaned up, though, that I, I enjoy and it's redeemed for me all this stuff that once was dark and, and uh, deadly to my soul. I feel like now it's become joyful to me because my inside is so clean. So after the <laughs> exorcism, like you had multiple exorcisms and these yep. are done by like, like Catholic priests, like or, um, or assemblies Christian of God or? pastors. Okay. Have yeah. they, have, do they have expertise in this area? These ones had a lot of experience. It was amazing. They totally saved my life. <laughs> wow. Um, so afterwards you came out a new person. It sounds like you, you, you ever do drugs again? Like not. Yeah, yeah I did. I did drugs, drugs uh, in college. Uh, I went into, they gave me a scholarship to Bible college. I was clean for about 22 months in the program. I was on staff and, um, a, a teen challenge staff member. But then when I went to Bible college, I had about three years where I was really pressing in in Bible college. And I got really discouraged from all the religion because uh, you know, I, I'm really a, an addictive personality. And if, if I'm not getting fulfilled on something, I'm going to go out there. So I started going to the clubs again. I started dancing every night and I started drinking again. Next thing you know, I'm doing three grams of cocaine before going into Bible class. I ended up dropping out temporarily because I got into drugs really bad in, in Bible college. I took a year off. Um, I called my mom up and I said, Mom, I'm dying. I was really, you know, I had overdosed, uh, nearly died. And I said, you got to take me back to church. I've really fallen far away. She took me back to church. I, I was so bound up. I couldn't even raise my hands, but I gradually got, you know, revitalized. I could lift my hands up again. And I began to feel the presence of God again. I said, this is serious. I'm going to die if I don't get serious about my walk with Christ. I began praying in tongues all day long, up to eight hours a day. Uh, I graduated Bible college and I launched out in an inner city missions. And I, this is what happened. I just totally got hardcore. I said, I'm not even going to compromise anymore. Zero alcohol. Took a Nazarite vow that I'd never drink alcohol again. And um, a voice came into my car my senior year of college and said, call your ministry, the Red Letter Ministry, and I'll bless this ministry because it'll be mine. And I believe that I was hearing clearly the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, 
this will not be the pastoring of churches, but you're going to begin pastoring cities and nations. And then media opened up in 2008. We started to have hundreds of thousands of views on our on our online videos of how to get drunk and high on the glory. And the nations literally just opened up for us and then Vice contacted us. And we've had one of the biggest documentaries of all time with the Vice documentary, almost 75 million views on Facebook alone from that. Yeah, so I mean, it, I can see it going viral. It's a pretty unusual, um, I guess, <laughs> religious experience. So, so when you were when you got out and you started and you graduated Bible school, I read that you had a mentor named uh, John Crowder. Is he the one who kind of brought you into the drunken glory movement? Yeah, he he did open the door. Um, you know, he, he paid for our wedding, and um, we were we were close for a little while. It didn't last long. I think competition yeah, well, got happened? in there in the first couple of years and. Uh, he really um, kind of wrote us off, but he opened the door for me. What happened was I had a friend send me a video of John Crowder of him preaching in Pennsylvania, and he's just drunk out of his mind. And on he's just and he's talking on, about, on, no, on the glory. On the, okay, he's drunk on the glory. Holy Spirit. Okay, okay. And he's talking about shooting up heavenly heroin into his arm. He's talking about drinking vodka instead of vodka to Helia <laughs> instead of tequila. And, and, and I get, I'm so blasted watching him because I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I'm praying in tongues all the time. This is what literally happened to me. A scroll came down outside my head of a manifest vision and i saw the scroll open up and this hookah hose that was solid gold came down in front of my face and i heard the voice of god say this is the golden glory hose of your father in heaven you can toke this hose and get as high as you want and i went up and i grabbed this hookah in the spirit and it was just it was like an open vision with my natural eyes and as i inhaled it that was my first time getting drunk and i was permanently drunk for years and i can constantly feel the drunken glory ever since then that was april of 2008 well, when you say you're <laughs> drunk are you like stumbling you know you can't stand on one leg like could you, could you I would, do I'll, the i get drunk after drunken glory meetings and i i could barely see over my steering wheel driving down the railroad tracks in front of sheriffs they wouldn't even pull me over it was so supernatural i mean i'm talking about your your motor <laughs> senses your, your physical body so overtaken by faith and the substance of faith the glory that you're you're drunk drunker than ever i'll black out now on the holy spirit but it's a whiteout where the glory is so strong i can't even see out of my eyeballs it's just like total cheech and chong all the time <laughs> so, so do they can they give you like a uig like under the influence of god or something <laughs> yeah you can test to see how much glory is in a person <laughs> so you how much joy you mentioned your mum before, so is is your mum proud of you? Does she come down to the church? Yeah, my mom's been there every step of the way. She's precious. She she's the one that told the judge about Teen Challenge and got me into Christ. She's the one that got me into Christianity. Um, we both got baptized in the Holy Spirit before, and so now she's a, a Pentecostal. She'll talk the ghost with me. I get around my mom, and it's just permagrin. She's one of the most joyful people. We've been through so much together. Yeah, she's like my best friend. Wow. So, so you guys are like, you know, pass the uh, the, the the duchy back and forth. Yeah, we pass the, the Jehovah Wanna goes back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> so Crowder, I heard Crowder said that uh, he or he said that you teach weird stuff like you have sex with God and eat gold to make you glow like a light bulb. What what does he mean by that? 
I think he's just flat out lying and trying to attack me to uh, protect his followers from joining me out of sheer jealousy because that's one of the craziest accusations I've ever seen. The only uh, reference to sex with God was in the parable of Song of Solomon on a video I made, and it was pure comedy. But he took it and started to use it as ammunition out of my vulnerability of teaching Song of Solomon and saying that Brandon's having butt sex with Jesus. On the record, I've never had butt sex with Jesus. <laughs> okay, is that possible? I mean, if you're able to get high on God, can you have butt sex with God? Well, I think you can have an enema. I think the Lord's really into high colonics because he wants, you know, more people to be kind and less assholes. Yeah, <laughs> I swear true. to you know, it sounds like in your depiction of God, and I don't know if you've seen him or not, but in my mind, he looks like the dude from The Big Lebowski. Just this really I chill guy. Dude. He's like passing down hookah pipes, like, toke this, brother. Is that the kind dude of what abides. Like? <laughs> yeah, and the white Russians, and it's white for glory. I love the dude. I just watched The Big Lebowski last week. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's have you seen movie. God, though? Like, do you have, have you pictured him or seen him, or is it yeah, mostly when science? when I close my eyes, I can see God. He, uh, Matthew 5 says, the pure in heart see God. God is that light. Hebrews 1 says God is the light being. So the glory inside my body first corinthians 6 19 your body is the temple of the holy spirit if i close my eyes i can see god right now as the light inside my body and i bet if you guys close your eyes you can actually see god too it's that light that's I, god i just see a burning skull but maybe that's him <laughs> well, at least you're seeing that's a good start i just so, see elvis <laughs> so how do you recruit recruit new followers like I, I read that like you would go to a place called the hard times cafe that sounds like a spot i want to check out where there's like warlocks and cultists and punks and stuff is, is this, are you trying to get them and be like hey come on get drunk on god with us yeah i do like friendship evangelism i just make friends and and get real with people and um, you know, just open up my heart and tell people uh, what I've been through. I don't force it on anyone. I think it's a get to, not a have to. I'm not into pressuring anyone, you know. I just enjoy God, and if people want to enjoy God with me, they're always welcome, and that's what it's all about. I believe Christianity is the purest form of hedonism, and it's the greatest pleasure. Psalm says, at my right hand are pleasures forevermore and i found those pleasures and i'm not leaving them because they're better than anything else i've ever experienced on earth <laughs> so are you contacted by people like on a daily basis like hey i want to learn more about the ministry and join the church yeah every day we got message systems all over the the internet and um we have whole programs and how to teach how to get high on god and how to enter the presence and how to grow in the glory we have glory universities on our app you can download it in the app store glory life by rlm and there's just 200 teachings on how to get high and feel the intoxication of god and his love for you so strongly that you physically feel drunk and we have testimonies every day we have tons and tons of people that have come out of severe addiction because of our ministry and it's really working wow yeah it's um yeah it's very inspiring so what what is uh joel's bar i heard, I heard you have like a is that a podcast or a radio show yeah it's a it's a literal bar that we built out of our house our crack house and the whole first floor is this bar. It's beautiful. You guys are welcome to come if you're ever in Minneapolis. Yeah, it's one of the nicest recording studios I've ever seen. And we've made it into a bar instead of a church. People don't want to, you know, 
our generation doesn't want to go to church. We want to go to the bar. So we made a bar where people can come and encounter God literally as a drink instead of just religion and self-righteousness. And it works. People come in and get drunk on the glory every but is day. Is it like an invisible drink or, or do you actually have a real yeah, it's drink? It's the Holy then... Spirit. No, oh. it's just, yeah, the invisible drink is, is faith. It's the breath of life. It's the Holy Spirit is that real to me that I can see the Holy Spirit physically. So I'm, when I was had lesser faith, it would be just by faith. But now I can see God, Matthew 5, the pure in heart, see God. So it, I can it, see the drink. I can see angels every single day. It almost reminds me of the, we did a whole show on the snake handler movement. And like those, <laughs> it, it, I'm, I'm done saying to like disparage your organization, but those people were so overcome with God that they were like holding snakes and rolling on the ground and things like that. Do you see any kind of parallel? Oh, yeah, man, I can't wait to handle some snakes, man. That sounds like fun. I'm a, I might go to the pet store and get some snakes for Joel's bar tonight. <laughs> um, so what's what's the future plan for the Red Letter Ministry? Like, you guys have been around for a while. Like, um, are, are yeah, you, a long like, time. Yeah, are you expanding to, like, different Christian crack houses, maybe one totally. in England? Yeah, maybe we've expanded. We have missionaries in London. We've built a world-class recording studio in Nairobi, Ken Kenya. We have a, oh, one wow. of the biggest television channels in Nairobi. Nairobi. We did an outreach in RLM Africa, Nairobi, Kenya last week and reached 100,000 people, 24-7 oh, wow. TV broadcasting. Uh, we've expanded to San Francisco. We're in Austin, Texas. And uh, we're just expanding as, as people grow, our staff members grow. And it's just um, people start getting drunk on the glory and having house churches and house meetings all over the world. And they all become a, a member of the, the network of Red Letter Ministries worldwide. Wow. And so, did you do like weekly sermons? Like could anybody tune in and check it out? Yeah, daily, www.redlettermen.com. Uh, we're on Twitch, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube. Every single day I preach for, uh, five days a week now, seven days a week for the last five years. And I started taking weekends in June just to have a little bit of rest and huh. enjoy to, the summer. I'll have to check it out. Wait, are Jews allowed to go get drunk on the... Oh, yeah, around? man. Totally, yeah. God's right. a Jew. Salvation is from the Jews. It is written. Totally. Very inclusive. So it's redlettermin.com, right? Yep. Redlettermin.com, for can sure. Can you buy like diamond oil or any of the other Jesus drugs from the site? Or do you have to go We have, um, the closest thing we have to it now is our Santalum perfume on www.bbluxuryperfumes.com. Remember, it's the intoxication on, on fragrance. The wise men would pour frankincense and myrrh on Jesus at birth, and the fragrance was so strong. I mean, you get into fragrance that strong, your senses are intoxicated. It's not a super mystical thing. Even I believe the natural is naturally spiritual. So I think even just fragrance itself and smelling things that are so strong like frankincense and myrrh at Jesus' birth is intoxicating for the senses. Just to demystify it, it's not just this weird, strange thing. People spray perfume every day and be like, oh my so God, that's amazing. I know, I, I get a lot of compliments on my perfume, so I can totally understand that. It's Ed awesome. Hardy, by the way. Yeah, the fragrance of Hardy, it's very intoxicating. Ed Hardy. So redlettermin.com, and uh, people go check it out, learn more um, about the drunken glory of God. Uh, Brandon, thanks for chatting with us. And, uh, thanks also, for having me, man. And people can go to YouTube, too, and check out your services on uh, Joel's Bar, right? On, is it, yeah, if Joel's Bar, Drunken Glory Broadcast on YouTube. That'd be awesome. Bless oh, you, man. It's, it's been cool talking Thank to you, you, dude. Yeah, you take it All easy. Right. All right, thanks All right, a lot. Thanks. Thank you.
So I really want to try uh, frankincense now. He's convinced me. Get high on Frank, mate. I'm going to snuff some uh, some lines of uh, frankincense. It looked like they were just kind of doing it like you do cocaine, like put it on your hand and just... The bum. Like snort it oh, up. Some myrrh. Does it think that would burn? Yeah. Well, most perfumes have booze in it. It's like what... This uh, guy makes his tramps. own perfume. Yeah, it's like what tramps drink when they've run out of stuff so are they technically having alcohol are they i don't know i do i am curious though when we're talking about music if there is christian trance music i never <laughs> want to hear christian <laughs> trance music. terrible that would be i bet you well, I, I mean you know they probably took like gregorian chants and put like a beat underneath it or something yeah so let's see would it be like enya or something can just be kind of like that but trancy enya oh, with a trance enigma background? remember that band I think so. Sadness, part one. Yeah, I remember. Anyway, yeah, I mean, that guy, um, at least he's still getting high. You know? I think he's, he's cute. He means <laughs> he's no harm. getting high on Jesus. It's getting high um, doesn't mean anything. I don't know harm. how high, but he's definitely getting high on Jesus. And he lives anyway, in the ghetto. People, this is Sick and Wrong, episode 802 here. we got some phone calls coming up next. You can call the Sick and Wrong hotline at 323-522-4032. Remember that we moved the Sick and Wrong news stories to Patreon. So you go to patreon.com slash sickandwrong, and, and uh, you can hear the Sick and Wrong news story of the week over there. Uh, before we get to our phone calls, here's a quick promo about our Patreon page. I don't give a shit about saving lives. I couldn't care less if your mom dies, your kid dies. I don't give a shit about people dying. What I give a shit about is me not being able to go to a fucking bar. Do you want to hear more wholesome, quality content like this? Then subscribe to the Sick and Wrong Patreon, where for a mere $5 and up per month, you'll get exclusive news stories, phone calls, access to the Discord, and more. Patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Sign up today, fellow rotundos. So the first call we have here is uh, from Walden Scott. He called in uh, kind of congratulating us uh, here for 800 episodes. Hey guys, it's uh, Walden Scott here. And um, I just, I know I'm a bit late to the party, but I did want to congratulate um, Dee on, on reaching 800 episodes. And I was trying to think of a way to call in and, you know, give you guys an idea of how fucking long this guy's been fucking podcrafting for. <laughs> and I thought I would do it this way. And that is... Seriously, it is mental. Like, think about 2006. It's a long time ago. Every every weekend you've been here doing this for, like, 800 weekends. That's yeah, mental. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Get a light. You, what the fuck was happening in 2006... When D first turned on his fucking laptop and decided to talk shit into the internet. So uh, congratulations, D. You have been doing this podcast <laughs> since... And I'll give you some facts about this year. So this was the year when Google bought fucking YouTube. YouTube wasn't even owned by Google back then. It's fucking crazy. I'll tell you something else that happened. Twitter was created. Not established or anything this was the year it was actually fucking made it think how mental that is so twitter 
began in the year 2006. So Twitter's as old as this as show. Sick and wrong, yeah. Wow. It's, it's, it's weird to think about. It barely existed when you started fucking podcrafting. <laughs> Pluto was reclassified <laughs> as a dwarf planet. There's another yeah. one for you. Uh, <laughs> the billionth song was downloaded on iTunes. And um, unfortunately, it was a fucking Coldplay song. So ah. sorry about that. To You share that fucking uh, that milestone there. That's fucking a bunch of bullshit. Incredible. Um, I'll tell you what I was doing. I was I was 19 years fucking old. <laughs> Since then, I've turned... I'm well on my way to 35. I've moved house like six times. I've got married i've oh. got two degrees i've well started and completed my fucking 20s which is just fucking insane and all of this time i've been doing i did all of this while you were talking shit into the internet this was also the year i believe that saddam hussein was fucking executed do you remember when he got remember that yeah well talking about youtube being bought by google that was like Remember when it was on YouTube? Yeah, Saddam when they Hussein. used to they used to have like risque content like that. Well, it was but Google yeah, but, that but ruined I mean, it. Even then, though, I mean, you could see like the uh, the gory, the graphic pictures of of uh, Saddam being hung. When we got to see all those cool pictures on the internet, that <laughs> cool was fucking. Pictures. That was then. Here's one for you, Kate. This was the year when they found a, a whale in the fucking Thames. Remember that shit? I kind of remember and that. Do you remember that? Borat it started like. We got graced with fucking Borat. What? I remember Borat that. was 2006? Yeah, because Borat's old now. Well, do you remember Borat? It was part of the Ali G show. So it was like, yeah, yeah. he was a character on the Ali G show. So there was no movie at 2006. But I think that's when he started yeah. doing it. Um, I always liked that. Wackily hated Borat. I liked, I liked the Ali G show more. But like, Borat's still good. But I, the Ali I G think he's funny. Better. I mean... Obviously, I think there's a shelf life to that character, but I did like him back in the Ali G show, and he'd be because they were like short bursts. It'd be like a little, you know, segment of yes. Borat. It's not like an hour and a half a movie. I'm not gonna Borat. sit through a. It's okay. There are some funny parts, some really funny parts, but a, a movie of Borat is a little bit much. Same with Bruno. Um, have they oh, ever made an Bruno. Ali G movie? I um, can imagine. I think they did. Did they? I've. I think so. I can't remember. They definitely made a long length TV in it, bruv. I gotta say he's brilliant though. He is brilliant. He's a good a good Throw man. the Jew down the well is one of the funniest things I think I've seen. I also <laughs> agree with it. I don't actually think is a is a good thing. There's the bird flu fucking epidemic oh, or whatever the fuck it was. SARS. Um and Nintendo released the Wii. There we go. <gasps> I There's that some much. fun fact. Fuck. Nintendo released the a Wii, Wii in 2006. Yeah. I I worked that um that launch night. I was there at midnight. I went to the launch night of the 360, um the PS3, the PS3, yeah, and uh, the Wii and another one. I refuse to play Wii at my brother's house. I think I've he never did been unholy, in, never been unnatural in things with those Wii controllers. Believe me. Yeah, I'm a, I've never been a Nintendo chick. Oh, the year 2006, which is. All of the shit that's happened, the year D made the podcast or started the podcast. So congratulations, D. I'm proud of you. I've been listening since probably about episode, I don't know, 100 and something. I actually got played not too long ago 
when I was doing my Bo Selected Mel B impression. So thanks for that. And if you look back around episode oh, 100 and something, impression. you actually played me doing the same impression <laughs> back then. <laughs> and I was like 21 when I did the same thing. <laughs> He's still and doing everyone it. Everyone in Britain will know. Never you know. How to have Mel B? That sort of stupid shit. <laughs> um, that was me. So uh, a decade. Can you do that impression? I cannot do both selection, I'm sorry. Even though I am from the north and should sound like Mel B, she's very Leeds, where your dad is from. <laughs> Yo, you played me, <laughs> so thanks for that. Don't know why, because it's fucking stupid, but congrats, man. Honestly, I, I don't know how you do it. I podcast as well, and it's fucking hard enough, but you doing it for 15 years? Like, <laughs> shit. That's fu- I know, when you put it like this, it's like, it's pathological. It really is. That takes some effort. I don't think people who, who've never done a podcast before appreciate how much actual time and effort it takes into editing and researching and putting a show together and even just fucking setting up levels and shit like that. It's hard fucking work, people, so this guy deserves some props. So congrats, man. In all seriousness, you know, you are, you are the OG, the OG of podcasting. So uh, well done. Well done, dude. Anyway, oh shit, I'm four minutes. Sorry. Um, I'll leave it there. Uh, take care, guys. Adios, motherfuckers. Thank you there, Walden Scott, the OG. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Speaking the truth to the youth. That's what he's doing. <laughs> it is, you know, it's funny. I mean, I just think about like, oh, I've been doing it in 15 years, but you look back at 15 years of history, and that's the weird thing about, you know, this show in particular is people that go back and listen to the archives and things like that. It's like, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this was going on then. Because, I mean, we covered elections. We covered, like, you know, calamities. We covered, you know, all sorts of things. Famous murders. Just over the years, a lot of shit happens. And, you know, this show is fairly topical. It's so like it's a all- time capsule. Yeah, it's a bit of a time capsule. So, But, yeah, it is weird to think back on, uh, like, we the year we started, Twitter started. It's fucking <clears> bizarre. <throat> Thank you, Walden Scott, for pointing out how old I am. Um, next caller here. This guy did not like the Max Hardcore interview. Oh. Hey, D and Kate. Um, how you folks are doing? Congratulations on on the big uh, 801 now, I guess. Um, hey, about this interview with Max Hardcore, he said something. He said, you know what we say, we're not happy till you're happy. And no, that is not what he says. What he says is, we're not happy till you're not happy. And he's he's quite cruel and abusive to his co-stars. You know, first of all, I don't really watch his film, so I wouldn't know if that's what he says or not. And I'm was, curious to know how you know that, sir. <laughs> I was saying this recently. I was like, nobody has ever watched a Max Hardcore video and wanked to it. Never. I'm sure there's a few members of our listening audience that has. I think there's probably two cretins who live in their mother's basement who might have cranked one out to it. Boner villain. It's not porn for wanking to. It's porn to shock. It's exploitative. And but at the same time, the women are adults. They're being fucking paid. You make mistakes when you're young, whether you make mistakes by appearing in a Max Hardcore video by getting pissed on, or whether you make mistakes by dating the wrong guy and crying for him on the kitchen floor. It's all fucking relative. The trauma's the same, all right? It's the same kind of trauma. <laughs> um, 
I, I can't count the number of times where I heard his co-stars weeping because he, he just screwed him over so badly. Just made him harder. How many I, Max Hacker like films has this guy watched? But I love you too. <laughs> keep sick, keep wrong. <laughs> I think he's funny. watched more than enough. I think you should stop wanking. watching Max Hardcore. <laughs> he was wanking to the weeping, and that's what he can't admit. Yeah, I, I don't see the appeal of that guy's porn, and I'm, I was actually kind of surprised that he's still trying to make some now. He like, does make porn. I like him as a persona, as a person. It's definitely not porn for me. I mean, we all know that I love 1970s porn. I don't need gonzo porn in my life. But he revolutionized something. Well, you and don't like speculum porn and barf? I do not. <laughs> I do thought not those were two of your favorite things. <laughs> two of them. But I do respect him for what he did as like a cult figure. And he, he changed something in popular culture. So I've got a bit, I've got respect for him. And he did his time for it. So Certainly anyway. did. He was a pariah. To each their own. You know, it's all freedom of expression. Totally. Someone gets their eye poked out by a boner. Oh, that's happened um, all the time. Come on. <laughs> Last call here we have is uh, from a guy in the UK named James. Uh, hello, D. Okay. Um, happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday, sick and wrong. Hey, episode is pretty massive. Uh, this is James calling from the UK. Um, listen, this is a star, but uh, I've never really called before. I don't know why. Don't be bothered but uh, a bit plays tonight so forward um yeah forward. He, he seems like he's out of breath or something he's, doesn't it sound like he like just ran to the pub or he's like you know maybe he lives on like floor 13 and he's on floor oh, and he one just, yeah and he just like walked up <laughs> to his okay. I'm gonna, yeah. yeah he's either like yeah either out of breath or he's eating fish fingers i can't really tell something fish phalanges why would eating fish phalanges put you out of breath do you no, it's like he's making some kind of noise. It's like listen, listen to him. Like I, I feel like he might be eating something while he's calling us. Okay. Like, what, what, how, how alive since? Yeah, fucking up since then. Um, yeah, oh, he's stoned. That. He's stoned. Okay, that makes sense. Fifteen years. Well, he'll be eating fish from years ago. When Wacky used to talk about Bitcoin and um, and Silk Road and all this kind of stuff, and how you know, I do regret that actually. What, not buying off Silk Road? No, Bitcoin. Like, oh, I not remember, and people who've listened back, you can hear Lance and I both ridiculing Bitcoin and how stupid yeah. it is. I think we even had a listener one time offer to give us some, like, donate some Bitcoin, and we're just like, yeah, right. Give us some actual money. Like, we're just fools. <laughs> always have been, always will be. I have some cryptocurrency. I just, I just don't know what it is i don't also want any man messaging me explaining what cryptocurrency is i don't i don't have bitcoins i have something oh. else i don't want anyone explaining it to me i don't care to know and i don't want to know i just have them they're there it's the most boring topic it really is it's it's worse than sports and dudes trying to like talk to girls about cryptocurrency it's just lame i just i don't need to hear it i just have some and it sits there it's fine yeah, I just, I mean, it's like talking about Joe Rogan or something. You know, <laughs> Please, like, no, the I Joe would, Rogan ugh. experience. Girls are about as, like, turned on by that as they are about <laughs> cryptocurrency conversations. Now, if you have Bitcoin, you let me know about that. You can put it in the it's not uh, wrong Patreon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Five years, nearly that. And, um, uh, 
Yeah, that that made me buy some. And um, yeah, when yeah, this guy probably bought some back then. Actually, he probably went and bought some Bitcoin back then when we were just deriding it. This is probably two thousand eight. You Could know, you imagine funny. if like we were like, yeah, let's just buy a few hundred dollars or out of the sick and wrong uh-huh. PayPal and see what happens. What's funny is, is that he spent two years listening to your show by this point, if he bought in 2008, realized that you and Wackily were both kind of idiots. And when you were berating Bitcoin, he will have been like, yeah, I'm going to get in with this on the ground floor level because these two are these two yeah i think a lot of intelligent that people often wrong have, yeah. have been like i'm gonna do the opposite of what <laughs> these what two dickheads saying. are doing yeah don't blame him and now i've got some money <laughs> you did buy bitcoin you prick yeah um that was pretty good but, uh, God damn give um, some back to the show mate <laughs> Put some on the Patreon. Oh, sorry, like I say, I'm a bit played. Um, don't know. I should keep tell you about loads of stories. Got too many stories. Um, could tell you one quickly about a guy. Uh, we used to all live live up in up north in England, um, in Sheffield, and he um. I've got I've got a quick point to make. I hate you when people say that Sheffield is in the north. Do you know how far away Sheffield is from me? No, where is it? Takes four hours to drive for you. It's right at the fucking bottom. Oh, of four Yorkshire. hours south from where four you are. Four hours south. It's like it's it's practically the fucking Midlands. Sheffield is not the north, right? But the Anything question below... is, is it a shithole or not? I yes, but also no. I don't mind Sheffield. It's got a great oh. DIY scene. There's fucking tons of cool bands there. It's where obviously this Ridley Scott and Tony Scott are from Sheffield. It's all kind of like industrially pulp are from Sheffield. Huh. Um, pub scene. Great pub scene. There's fucking tons of record stores. I'm great towards not a shithole. But I wouldn't want to live there. There's oh, okay. a great art college there too. But Sheffield, Sheffield, mate. For somebody who is in the north and lives in the north and considers themselves as a northerner now, it's not the north. <laughs> Jumped over the bar, pulled down the pants of the barman who wouldn't serve him, and jammed um, jammed his thumb up his ass. <laughs> 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 and, uh, all that. If that's not the most English thing I've ever heard, thumb jammer, like a fucking hooligans, it's like, oh, you're not gonna serve me. No, my wife beater. Yeah. Well, fuck you. And just jumps over and just shoves his thumb in the guy's ass. So, yeah, a bit gay. That, that's your <laughs> thought of what you're going to do. I would have been like, maybe glass him. Yeah, or something. Like, the yeah? first, your first thought in your drunken primal mindset is to jump over the bar and sodomize this guy with your thumb your because thumb. he won't serve you a beer. Yeah, there's, uh, there's something, it's some savage, therapy needed there. That's for sure. Him was he got he got barred for like two weeks in this pub. I mean, this that was me. Two weeks he got barred for two weeks for sodomize well, forcibly sodomizing the bartender with his thumb. They probably enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I'm just amazed that you wouldn't be banned like 86th for good. Being banned from a pub is a lot like when you get a ban on Facebook. It's just, you know, after a week, it all dies down. You go in, you apologize to the landlord, you'll pay for any damages, and then it's just like back to normal till your next ban. I guess if he had small thumbs, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. <laughs> that was me. You are 100% it was him? getting fully 
Uh, no, if it was uh, him. To death. Okay. Yeah, you are I'm having all of your money. Um, yeah, anyway, just thought I'd uh, finally call and um, uh, say thanks very much for sort of my life For the out. money. Um, <laughs> yeah, here's another 800 episodes, guys. Keep it up. Kate, you're doing a great job. Uh, thank you. Love you. See you later, bye. All right, thank you, James. Good on yeah. you, James. Well and, done for you for not listening to Dean yeah, Well done for not listening to uh, me and Wackerly. I respect you, James. And our opinion on <laughs> Bitcoin. Um, God, that, seriously, like, there's a lot of things in my life that I just look back on and I'm shaking my head, and that is one of them. Who, was it, who would know? Who would know that this Honestly, of cryptocurrency would, would be worth hundreds and thousands of shekels? When Bitcoin first started, I remember because I used to buy drugs off the Silk Road, but I bought them through another guy and I would just give him the money and he did all the Bitcoin. I didn't have to deal with any of it. And I was like, oh, so it's kind of like PayPal. And he was like, no, it's not. I was like, I will never understand what this is. And I don't care. When will they show up? He's you like, know, I will bring them round to you, and they do. Thank I do you. think it makes more sense than NFTs. What's an NFT? Non fungible tokens. Oh, we've talked about that as yeah. well. No, seriously, yeah. Bitcoin to me or cryptocurrency makes more sense than that. I still it's, don't understand that. Don't want to. I, I can't wrap my head around it. And I also, again, don't want anyone to try and explain it to me. I don't want, if I see a message of anyone trying to explain it to me, I will just block you. 15 okay? years from now. There's going to be a caller that's going to be like, oh, my God, when you guys were talking about NFTs, like two dumbasses, yeah. I immediately went out and purchased. I invested. <laughs> yeah. Now An I'm NFT a millionaire. Of Michael Scott's signature from the office. And next thing you know, this thing's worth like a billion dollars. And Fuck I'm still you, not going to join you. Yeah, I'm still not going to join your Patreon. <laughs> Anyway, people call the Signal Hotline, 323-522-4032. And yes, you should join the Patreon because we're like putting hey. all our extra... We're ba- we basically have two shows now. We have the regular show and the Patreon show. And it's, you know, for five bucks, you get a full show. It's like, you know, at least an hour's worth of content, extra content Party every time. week. Um, I think the news story we did this week was about a nonce who was murdered and had I Touch Little Girls written in Sharpie across his chest. Uh, very touching, moving story. A lot like a, a Very touching. Um, and then for a few bucks more, you can get our Sing Wrong News segment. And this week, because I'm not going to be on this segment, um, Kate will re- be recording with a special guest listener. Yes, I have replaced you, like how I said. This is the start of it, Dee. Remember in episode 800, I said I was going to pull a Julius Caesar and eventually you will be dead to the show. This is the start. This is what this happens. This is the start of it, David. Um, but Kate will be recording the news this week. And then there's also the uh, Sigrong Overkill, also a surprise. So I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag for that one. Um, but people, go check it out. Patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Also, if you want to buy some merch, you can go to the Sick and Wrong Tea Public store. Sigrongpodcast.com slash shop. And just click on the picture of the Pope. Uh, we're going to end the song this week with something thematic, something religious, something talking about getting high on how cool Jesus is. Um, people who are fans of the, the band King Missile, big uh, popular experimental rock band from the 90s, uh, they did a song called Jesus Was Way Cool off their first album, Mystical Shit. You know, Kana is kind of like mystical shit. It really is. I would agree. Yeah. You know? Getting uh, drunk on Jesus is mystical shit. But anyway, this song is, uh, is, uh, is, uh, the, is from their third studio album, 
um, Mystical Shit, released in 1990. Song's called Jesus Was Way Cool. Uh, thank you, Brandon, for being on the show. Um, he thinks Jesus is way cool. I'm going to dedicate this song to him. Why not? Yeah, he'll like this song. He might Just, play it. He's going to be like huffing some frankincense, listening to Jesus is way cool. Good yeah. for him. Thanks for being on the show there, Brandon. People, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with episode 803. Till then, take it sleazy. Listen up, sick and wrong listeners. I'm sick of these small-ass dicks and one-minute men. So I went to adamandeve.com and ordered a little something to get my rocks off. I got 50% off and three free adult DVDs to get me warmed up. And on top of that, I got free shipping. Oh, (laughs) and Adam and Eve sent me a little something so sensual. I can't even mention it right now. All I did was type in diddle upon checkout. That's diddle. D-I-D-D-L-E upon checkout. So, you may want to head over there and order a little something for yourself or for your girlfriend, wife, or just the girl that you're fucking. Stay sick and stay wrong.